going on thanks for tuning in to another warrior wang bang episode a very special one a one that was done on a very quick turnaround in between game six of the la clippers warriors series uh and game one of the houston rockets warriors series uh which will be tomorrow morning 12 30 pacific time on abc I'm joined today by a different guest. The Genio James Liao is not available to do a preview po- uh, to do a preview pod on this series. So I've brought back a so I've brought in a familiar voice, one that many of you know from my movie reviews. The Jeffrey Liu, how are you? Bring me Thano. Oh, so shit. Oh fuck, we're on the wrong. Uh, go Dubs. <laughs> go Dubs. <laughs> And for you listeners out there, uh, Jeff and I are actually doing a a dual episode recording this afternoon since both of us have seen Avengers Endgame. And uh, for you fans out there, expect an episode on that to be released probably uh, later this week. But a lot of good stuff in that episode, a lot to cover, so definitely check back in for that. Uh, But for now, we're, we're we're talking GSW hoops, baby. All right. <laughs> Woo! So, Jeff, so Jeff, as uh, my fellow basketball teammate in uh, starting in sixth grade, you know, you know how I think. Like, you know, we've played a lot of basketball together. So just because you haven't done a whole lot of podcast episodes with me about basketball, uh, I think from seeing how I play on the court, like, you know, you know where I'm coming from, right? Kind of, but uh, I, I got to be honest. Some of the fears of uh, that that you threw at me on the playground when we were coming up, those those are kind of floating to the surface right now because I, I feel like I'm a little out of my depth for for the purposes of this podcast. Well, I'll tell you what, Jeff. If if you suck at it, I'll just push you off to the side and t- and just hijack this podcast completely. So don't worry. Why? <laughs> Call back to sixth grade when I made Jeff Lou cry because he sucked at basketball. Good times. Um, Great for my self-esteem. <laughs> well, let's talk a little bit about the Warriors that closing out the series last night. Uh, game six was in L.A. because, you know, Warriors, for whatever reason, can't win games at home at the Oracle Arena. So they oh, had to go Christ. back to L.A. For the, second, uh, for the second time. But, man, I mean, if anything came out of this series – I think a fire was lit under the Warriors, particularly under Kevin Durant. I mean, wouldn't you say? No, absolutely. I mean, like, I think um, when Durant was playing in game five and he uh, he broke the record for points scored, or he didn't break the record. He came in second for the number of points scored in a half um, tied with Charles Barkley. And they still were unable to pull the win out uh, under game uh, on game five. I think, um, you know, it, 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 they knew that something needed to change. They knew there was something fundamentally wrong with the way that they were approaching the game, something either to do with their attitude or just the way that they were letting the Clippers get underneath their skin. But yeah, no, absolutely. They brought it, 
uh, game six, you know, um, after blowing them out in the third quarter, LA Clippers got, you know, not really that close again this game, but you could, de- you could definitely see kind of like a sea change in what the Warriors were bringing in game six. Yeah. I mean, 50 points from Kevin Durant, 38 in the first yeah. half. That's just, that's just yeah. bonkers. And, and to be honest, I don't think much changed from game five, game six defensively. I think just, mm-hmm. well, uh, I take that back. Uh, Lou Williams, they, they held him to like something like 12 points. He shot like two or three of 16 on the night. I mean, he was terrible, but as far as rebounding goes, that was a big problem game five and game six, you know, Pat Beverly, I think had like 15 rebounds again or something, something like that. He yeah. was all over the, he was all over the court during that game as well. Yeah. And that was the one thing that came out of the series is dudes who just fucking play hard and like play with no stakes. I think give the Warriors a really hard time. I mean, it's not just that. It's also the the Clippers' particular brand of physical play. I, I mean, I, I was actually at the Clippers-Warriors uh, game when um, the, the, the one in L.A. when Durant and Green actually got into their argument on camera. Oh, really? I could actually – yeah, I could actually see it from my seats. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the the Clippers, they have I mean like even in their own arena they're underdogs. You know what I'm saying? Like when I'm at when when I was in their arena, all of LA was chanting for the Warriors. Like I was there with uh, one of my friends Nick Wu, who is a huge Clippers fan, you know, like has never has no love for the Lakers, like believes that the Clippers were the true LA team. You know, um even made a bet of it, a bet about it at the beginning of the year about that. And you know, I was looking at him and I'm just like, dude, this is your home court. Why are we so, you know, blue and gold? Exactly. Why, why, why are the Warriors, uh, you know, like, why, why is there so much Warriors love down here? And I think that absolutely contributes to just the tenacity that the Clippers had and kind of like the bad blood going into it. I mean, you could see it for, right from game one of the series that, you know, the, Clipper, the Clippers wanted to play physically. They wanted to bring back kind of like the 90s rough and tumble, like uh, playoff feel to it. And, and they definitely brought that heat, you know, for at least six games. Yeah, like uh, Pat Beverly really set the tone for it. You know, Montrezl Harrell, like guys like that. And, you know, had Gallinari not been so terrible for them early in the series, it, it, this might have been a closer series than it than it seems. I mean, it, in all the Warriors wins, there were four blowouts. And in the, the games that the Clippers won were, um, you know, were, were relatively close ones, I would say. It came down to the wire. <laughs> one, one of the things I, I posted this on, I guess my only social media footprint is Facebook. Uh, I wish I could say, yeah, old man. Yeah, no, I wish I posted this on Twitter or uh, or uh, Instagram. Well, at least I wasn't posting this on my like MySpace or something. Um, What's MySpace or my, my Zanga? <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, it seems like the Warriors were just like this is kind of their way of just not playing hard, right? Like, yeah, they had to play an extra game, but they. <sighs> They didn't play hard, and they just were, you know, relying on them, their efforts on offense, just to outshoot the other team. I mean, and the fact is, it, it doesn't take much energy to play offense, right? It, playing defense is really what's draining, which is why I never do it, and which is why I make you do it, Jeff Lou. But the, <laughs> um, but so to think that okay, like the Warriors could have won this in four or five games, but they would have had to play some insane defense. And would have been re- would have had to have been really locked in on the boards. 
I think they they were coasting at like 60-70% on defense, which is why, you know, they got toasted in the pick and roll so many times. And also the the live ball turnovers were just so killer because they would, you know, live ball turnovers result in fast breaks and you have to be sprinting back and making, you know, plays at the rim to really to really stop them. And just the Warriors just didn't have the effort level to do that this series. But but see that's that's kind of my concern because it, it like I I can see what you're saying by that like mentally they weren't locked in here they thought that they could just outshoot they, I mean they 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 knew that they had the Clippers outgunned right from the beginning of this series you know like I think it was game three it was thirty seven to forty one in the first quarter something along those lines where everybody was just trying to shoot the damn lights out and nobody nobody was playing defense and that's all fine and good until you get a little bit iced in the later half of the game, which the Warriors apparently did in, in two of the two of the games in these series. You know, they could not they could not keep up that pace, that tenacity in the fourth quarter. And, you know, I, I mean that alongside the kind of mental warfare that the Clippers were playing against them, I, I think that, you know, I, I, I you know, you've spoken a lot about how Kerr has to balance a lot of the egos on this team, and that's kind of a concern for me because if they're going in here not thinking that they can lose, you know, that, that I mean, that's that that's that's uh, that that's a lot of ego there that's that's being unchecked at this point, you know, yeah. and, and to to let it go for two games, especially when they should have smashed them very very early on, that's a little bit concerning, and that that makes me think that it's not just the players that aren't locked in, but maybe the coaching staff as well. Yeah, I agree, and I think this is where I say I'm glad that it happened this series and not. Oh, like, for sure. Imagine if we steamrolled them in four games and you know fell asleep game one, game two. Uh, against the Rockets like even yeah. losing one game at home to them could could swing the series I mean I, I we've proven that we can win on the road over there but absolutely given how frail you know Steph and Clay currently are I mean their their ankles are, are a bit tweaked plus you know what happened with Andre DeMarcus. last year yeah, yeah. We don't have DeMarcus uh yeah. an injury can swing the series can swing <laughs> one game and that that might be enough for us to lose the series if if we had the tendency to fall asleep uh, the way we did uh, in in game or in round one. Th- that being said, I, I guess before we move on to talk about the Rocket series, I mean, shout out to uh, to the Clippers. They played hard. I, I thought they were awesome. And if I was if I was in L.A., I'd be really happy that we got a that they got a basketball team there that that people are locked in and really buy into the system. Unlike you know, uh- unlike the Lakers. No, I mean, that's like, you know, honestly, a lot of the bandwagon L.A. fans, you know, flip flip their jersey jerseys around to, to support the Clippers in this series, you know, and, you know, it, it was funny because the same thing happened in Oakland you know, three years ago. No, you know, it absolutely did when people were like, oh, yeah, you know, we've been Warriors fans forever. And they were asked to name uh, players. You know, they they went around and did this prank video and they couldn't name they couldn't name two or three, you know. So, I, I mean, I, I think that in L.A., it, you know, I got to I got to say, first off, Steve Ballmer, man, what a what a ball of energy, honestly, like that guy. Yeah, that guy is cor- that guy is corny as hell. 
But I mean, really for a team like the Clippers, you know, after the history that they've had, you know, after all of the, we, yeah, Donald Sterling and all the, the, the weird management decisions, losing their stars and everything, you know, the way that I've qualified the team at this point is it's the money ball team. You know, it is a, it is a literally a ragtag group of role players that you're putting on this team. And, and, and like for some way they have, they're connected in a way that they want to make themselves killers. And they got that far, you know, like, um, there, it, it was, it was a battle to get to the eight seed, you know, um, you know, before the playoffs were, and to face down the warriors, I mean, they did it the best way that they could. And, you know, really like I, I, I echo you in your compliments for them because they did a great job. Yeah. Well, looking forward to the Rocket series. I mean, the most highly, probably the most anticipated playoff matchup of of the year. Uh, A lot of people are saying winner of this goes and takes, uh, hoists the Larry O'Brien trophy. I I don't think we should get (laughs) that far ahead of ourselves because I think whoever comes out of the East is going to be good, especially if it's the Bucks or the Raptors. I think those are two very, very talented teams and very, very well coached. (laughs) But let's talk about this series, a rematch from last year. For those of you who need a little reminder, it was a seven-game series. The Warriors won on the Rockets' floor in Game 7. One major aspect of that was the Rockets missing uh, 27 straight three-pointers. They didn't have Chris Paul for Game 6 and 7. The Warriors didn't have Andre Godala past, I think, Game 2. So that was also a pretty big deal uh that you know people kind of forget i mean the warriors after the fact were like yeah you know the, the rockets were talking shit saying that they would have won if they had cp3 the warriors believe that they would have won in five games if they had Igudala. so it i think there's a lot to prove this time around and it, there's those i think are the two biggest sub stories that we that we will be keeping our eye on. Uh, I think Iguodala feels like he has something to prove by, by being Absolutely. there this time around. And Absolutely. Iguodala has been, I think, pretty good so far this playoff series, especially off of those cuts. Um, you know, the, the yeah. Warriors, and going back to the Clippers series, off of the pick and roll where Draymond's that uh, the role player and playmaker, uh, you know, how many lobs did we see uh, go to Andre Iguodala for or, you know, alley-oop dunks or, you know, passes that became dunks for him. I mean, he, he's just so smart off the basketball with those cuts. And without him, the Warriors don't really have a threat like that. Maybe Livingston, maybe Alfonso McKinney, but those guys are so sketchy that, yeah. you know, it, it's it's hard to play them for long periods of time. And, you know, honestly, like for as much credit as the um, the guards of the late uh, guards of the Warriors get, um, you know, uh, Thompson, Durant and Curry, you know, they're they're really killing it out there. And it's for as much crap as Draymond is getting the the you know, their their lower court players are doing just a phenomenal job you know really watching them is really fun and even even the the bench is coming on and doing a pretty good job i mean kevon looney is doing a really really good job as well yeah he's he's cleaning up and he's a relatively undersized forward at this point so you know i i think it's this like wonderful blend that keeps all of their all of the opponents on on their toes because you can you it's really difficult to stop three on fire shooters and when you have a consistent reliable 
um, you know, uh, force underneath the basket. I mean, that's that's just that's just an additional sword that you have, and that, it's not just that; it's that everybody has a comfort level with Iguodala. Like Curry will throw it up to him, Durant will throw it up to him, Green will throw it up to him. Everybody will throw it up, and they know that they can finish. And I, I think that level of confidence that they bring it—that's that's what's important. Not not so much the. Not not so much as the presence necessary of Iguodala on the court, but just the just the fact that they know that if he's needed, that he will pull off what what is necessary at that point. Well, I yeah, I agree with what you're saying that his presence is uh, is key, just the confidence and knowing that he's there. But but what he does on the defensive end is huge, right? He's yes. another mm-hmm. guy that you can throw at Harden, CP3, Eric Gordon. I mean any any of those three guys can go off for you know 30 points on any given night like fucking Eric Gordon right. had like six threes or something in that in that closeout game against the Jazz he he can really light it up and on top of that you know CP3 and Eric Gordon are very good defenders too I I, right. I think uh yeah, they might be a little bit older but assuming that they're healthy they are very good um yeah. talking about the big man lineups I mean I, I know you touched on this earlier, no more boogie, but I, I think Bogut and Looney, that's that's a good one-two punch on the defensive end. <laughs> uh, offensively, you know, they they know their role, and I think that's all yep. they need to do, right? They need, yeah. they need to catch lobs. <laughs> they need to have their hands ready when people drive and dish. and Crash the, the boards, yeah. Yeah, crash the boards. And I, I one of the things that I noticed from watching the Rockets is that they are a terrible defensive rebounding team. The Jazz, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's I, I don't know what it is. I, I, I maybe it's because um, you know offensive schemes pull Clint Capella away from the basket, but they don't have good defensive rebounding. And the Warriors, and I'm saying this for the first time in a really long time, they are actually very good on the offensive glass. I mean, Alfonso McKinney has impeccable timing uh, when and he kind of sneaks in there along the baseline and is able to get you know one or two O boards a game. Bokit and Looney are great at, you know, back tipping it out. So th- that's one of those things that I don't want to call it a luxury, but it's just another, uh, I'd say, as you said earlier, another sword on my, uh, on my belt that, uh, that, that the Warriors can kind of rely on um, an extra two or three possessions a game that the Rockets are just a too lazy to, to chase down or be just ill-equipped to get. They run out there a really small lineup. Um, when Capella's yeah. off the floor, PJ Tucker's their center and he's six, four, I think yeah. six, four, six, five. He's like Barkley size. So yeah. I, I can definitely see us getting some rebounds in there. Um, Another thing massively just, understized Emil Wang style of playing basketball. It's it's <laughs> it'll be fun. It'll be fun to watch. Well, Emil Wang style of playing basketball. Like I am the ultimate James Harden. It's like you know, give me the ball. <laughs> I think I'm, James I'm, Harden is the ultimate James Harden. <laughs> <laughs> Emil Wang's the ultimate James Harden. We leave it at that. The original. The original. The original. <laughs> yeah. Jack threes and make everybody else get rebounds. Play defense. Uh, I, I think that's pretty good. You know, once in a while when I get posted up, I can make like, you know, one or two defensive stops like that. I'm the perfect James Harden, man. I'm telling you. Um, well, on the topic of defense, though, they don't have Trevor Reese anymore, which I think is going to hurt them big time. You know, Trevor Reese is the perfect size, perfect athleticism and perfect amount of experience to stop Kevin Durant. 
really now they only have pj tucker to do that but pj tucker before was this awesome like kind of free safety roaming the paint you know disrupting passing lanes type of guy they, they don't really have that luxury anymore because pj tucker needs to guard durant i'm curious to think you know who do you see going off uh in the series for the warriors because they you know the only replacement that I can think of that can play some defense for the Rockets is Austin Rivers and, and maybe that guy, Daniel House. But it's got to open up opportunities for other guys. What do you think? You know, I, I agree. But I mean, like, we also have to consider the injuries here. You mentioned it to me before uh, we jumped onto this podcast that uh, Clay Thompson is maybe not expected for game one. So I I, st- I think that they're still going to be relying on their role players here, Durant and uh Durant and Curry shooting from beyond the arc. Um, I, I mean, like, I, I think what you're going to see is you're going to see Iguodala really step into a role here just because the Clippers are so undersized and because um, because of just his ability to cut into the key and their parallel running game. It's, it's going to be fun to watch, I think, because there's going to be a lot of opportunities for, like, a lot of lob play. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, I, I, I say that, you know, and, and who knows, you know, Looney may, Looney may take up of a larger role just because even as an undersized uh, man underneath the basket, he's still probably larger than the vast majority of the Clippers lineup as well. So, Rockets, you, you know, Oh, Rockets. Yeah. 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 Sorry. Wow. <laughs> little, little, <laughs> little uh, time displaced at this point, but yeah, no, um, I think I think you'll see the uh, the big men of the Warriors really co- you know come into their own at this point, and even Livingston, you know those three, those man, three I can. Livingston's really... been not, he hasn't been good, man. I, I like. He... I, I... Yeah, go ahead. No, no I, I mean I I I don't disagree with you, but like any of the Warriors, like he he didn't have a phenomenal series against the Clippers, but maybe that's because he wasn't given the correct opportunities, maybe because they were being too tenacious on defense. You know, if he, he maybe he's not like Durant who mm-hmm. needs to have a fire lit underneath him to really, you know, turn turn the leg around on on his performance. Maybe Livingston's needs an opportunity to open up on a team that doesn't have as much of a defensive presence and, you know, maybe we'll see a little bit more out of him out of this game that's that is what i'm hoping that yeah. but that's definitely not my expectation yeah if especially if clay or steph are hurt like somebody needs to step up and exactly average, you know 10 a game and and i think really if clay is out you know durant and steph need to combine for 60 i think for another sure. three guys need to combine for that last 30 like i think dre iggy and maybe looney need to combine for another 30 and then after that it's just the rest of the the, the bench guys can you know drop in their four or five points here and there and, I, our, and our bench has been pretty consistent so i mean i think we can rely on them for that you know yeah they've, they've been they've been better um yeah one of my problems is you know quinn cook uh, he's He's erratic yeah he's terrible on the his offensive numbers are actually pretty good but he just gets annihilated on d and i think we figured out in game two uh, of the first round series that he's just not playable i mean he didn't he didn't get on the court in any meaningful minutes for the rest of the series but right yeah. if clay is out with injury and the rest of the team is having trouble scoring you know we might have to roll Quinn Cook out there and just cross our fingers that he doesn't get killed on the on the pick and roll because 
one thing about this Rockets team that scares me is they have elite pick and roll play, uh, probably yeah. better than Lou Williams and Montrezl Harrell. Like you have Chris Paul and James Harden on the guards. You have Capella and Kenneth Fareed as the rolling big men. Both of them yeah. are awesome. And to have that threat for 48 minutes a game really scares me because Bogut has trouble with the pick and roll. He, he yes. can't, he can't keep in front of it or he, and he can't recover to the rolling big man fast enough. Looney is yeah. okay. Draymond is okay, but they, yeah. I don't think they can keep it up for 48 minutes and we just need to, if they're going to live with it, then they're going to have to offset it with something awesome. Right. Um, right. On offense. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And one other thing you're talking about, like mismatches and matchups, Harden needs to be exploited on defense. I, I feel like I didn't see that. I, I didn't see enough of that last year. And one thing we cannot do is put Harden in the post. Harden is way too strong to be posted up. Uh, and he doesn't need to move his feet when he's in the post, right? It, it, mm-hmm. Being in the post is all about positioning and strength and timing with your hands. All of things that Harden has really, he's really good at. And we saw that in right. the Jazz series. The, the few times that he got isolated on Donovan Mitchell uh, or even Ricky Rubio in that Jazz series, man, the dude got torched. And it, it, it's just <laughs> it's just so surprising to me that the Warriors really don't go back to that, especially you know, especially with Steph, Iggy, Livingston, I'm, even Draymond. It, when Draymond's out at the three-point line, like he's got good enough handles that he could blow by James Harden. We got to be looking for that. I, it it just. It just has to happen. We, it's a way that we can tire out Harden. But and by the way, Harden's not shooting well this playoffs. He's he's, he's only not shooting. Yeah, thirty-seven percent. Thirty-seven percent. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah. I, I, I mean, go ahead. No, I mean, I, like I, I completely agree with you. I, I, like if Harden's confidence is shook a little bit at this point, you definitely need to kind of like leverage that and and continue driving him into the ground at this point you don't want to give him an opportunity to recover on your team you know he doesn't want to light his fire again based off of your game one performance so you know i i completely agree with you if you can torch him if you can torch him from the top of the key and just you know keep on keep on like forcing him to make defensive errors then i mean that's that that's a that's a forward key of the game, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> uh, for bold move of the play yeah. the game or whatever. <laughs> Toyota. Yeah. <laughs> I the, what the, all the, to- sponsors. the Toyota fuel economy <laughs> movement of the game. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Toyota Prius electric. Uh, <laughs> ball movement. It's uh, shocking. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Ewing well, Bang is is currently seeking sponsorship, Toyota. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let, let's close this out with uh, a, a bold prediction from Jeff Liu. Where, where does the series go? Warriors in what or Rockets in what? What do you got? I, oh, <laughs> I, I'm sorry. This is a biased podcast, so <laughs> I'm, saying, I'm saying Warriors in six. I'm saying yeah. Warriors in six. It's it's yeah. gonna be it's gonna be a tough series. Yeah, I, I I would have had Warriors in five if we had more time off between the games, but yeah. uh, with with some injuries and only a I think a thirty six hour turnaround from game six to game one, I mean it's it'd be pretty well, tough for us uh, yeah. for us to you know to be that good, be that sharp. I I don't expect us to win both games at home. 
um, to start the to start the series. I'm okay with going to Houston tied one one. All right. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. All righty. Well, Jeff Lou, thank you for guest uh, guest appearing on the Warrior Wang Bang podcast. And uh, I, I really <laughs> hope I haven't. I really hope I haven't cost you any viewership. <laughs> 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 it might have dropped from 10 to 9 we'll see we'll see <laughs> all right and to all you listeners out there uh keep your eye out for uh, the avengers endgame episode because that is going to be a good one it'll come out next week go dubs go dubs whatever it takes whatever it takes it's a great time.